0: As you know, we recently had the uh, Oscars and uh, I don't, I've shared with some of you, I don't have a TV so I didn't see it, I didn't watch it. Um, but after the Oscars, one of our parishioners, she asked me, she said, Father Ben, how many of the, uh, these like Hollywood stars, how many of these Hollywood people are Catholic? And I said, you yeah, know, we did not learn that in the seminary, I don't know. I'm not sure, and she said, well, I'll do some research. And so she did some research and she gave me a list of some of these Hollywood people that are Catholic. So I'll share it with you if you don't mind. So here's the list. Catholic stars, Anne Hathaway, Jim Carrey, George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, Bradley Cooper, Sylvester Stallone, Harry Connick Jr., Leonardo DiCaprio, Nicole Kidman. Steve Carell, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bono, Tom Brady, Pierce Brosnan, Renee Zellweger, Shia LaBeouf, Tom Cruise, and Mel Gibson. So I will be calling them for their Bishop's Appeal donation, (laughs) all of these people, they don't know it yet. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, a lot of these uh, Hollywood people, Some of them were raised Catholic and left the faith. Some of them were never Catholic but have entered the faith. And some of them were raised Catholic, left the faith, and have now returned back to the faith. And uh, one of whom, of course, is uh, Nicole Kidman. As you know that, she um, was raised Catholic and she married Tom Cruise, left the faith, and so now she's back in along with Renee Zellweger. And it's interesting to see, one of the things we're seeing in Hollywood, it's kind of weird, is that people are actually getting into their faith. And not just because they make movies about exorcisms, right? I always have to laugh, you know, whenever they make a movie about exorcism, they have some priest on there, and Russell Crowe's got a new movie about exorcism, and you know, I I always laugh, I mean, as the saying goes, people love to make fun of Catholics until they need an exorcism, <laughs> you know. But it's, it's interesting because they are, there's a, there's a big movement now with some of these stars to kind of enter the faith. And I'm sharing this with you for this reason. There is a magnetic pull of Catholicism. It gets in our DNA, right? And so often people who no longer practice, in some ways, (laughs) it kind of pulls them back. As one man told me, it's like sprinting through tar. You know, in other words, it gets in our DNA, this little thing we call the Catholic Church. And Mark Wahlberg recently said that one of the cool things about being Catholic is he can go anywhere in the world and film a movie, and there's a Catholic church that he can attend Mass at. And he may not speak the language, but he knows precisely what's happening. You don't see that in any other faith. Well, Father, you're biased. You're a priest. Yes, I am. But it's still true. You know, we have a lot in common with our non-Catholic brothers and sisters. But we do have differences. Did you know that Catholics in Memphis are 5% of the population? Now compare that, for instance, to St. Louis, where they are about 40%. New Orleans, Atlanta, circa 13 to 15 percent, we are only 5 percent of the population here. So it behooves us to know a thing or two about our faith. Not only because many Catholics and non-Catholics, they can't really talk about their similarities or differences because they honestly don't know. We see that on both sides. They just don't know their faith, right? So let me ask you this, and I want you to tell me. Who can tell me one thing that we have in common with Protestants? Two sacraments. we got two sacraments. we got baptism and marriage. marriage, okay, good. So baptism and marriage, what else? Jesus. You ever heard of Jesus? You ever heard of this guy, right? So we have this, this, this guy named Jesus in common, right? What else do we have in common with Protestants? Right. Faith. You ever heard of the Bible? Okay, remember the, uh, the Bible we have at home? <sighs> okay, so we have this thing that we call the Bible and it's worth pointing out that Martin Luther right before he died, who's the founder of the Protestant faith founder of is right before he died he said, we must admit that we have received the Bible or scriptures from the Catholics. It's ironic since many of them think we don't have a Bible, you know, I'm just saying. So we have a lot in common. What else do we have in common? Number one, they're very pro-life. Most Protestants are very pro-life, which we are too. They do amazing, awesome mission work around the world, many of them. So do we. But we have some differences. Do you know that there's 4,000 registered religions in the world? 45,000 roughly variations of Christianity. 4,000, 45,000. So why are we different? Well, one thing, we're the only one that says that what happens here is actually becomes God. No, 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 Father, don't be silly, that's just a representation. Whereas we would say, yeah, no, it's not a representation, it's a re-presentation, according to the Council of Trent, 16th century. In other words, this is actually Jesus, right? Many of them, as much as we love them, they, they sometimes think we worship Mary and the saints. Why? Because, well, they kind of see us Lighting candles in front of statues and kneeling down. And it kind of looks like from the outside that we're worshiping, even though we're not. I mean, this is a plaster statue. We're not worshiping this. But they'll quote like uh, Exodus chapter 20 that says, you shall not carve graven images for yourself. See, you're carving graven images. We need to know a few thing or two about our faith. So all of this brings me to... A couple questions that I have for you. Here's my question, okay, and I want you to answer me. Number one, who is the founder of the Lutheran Church? Martin Luther, 16th century. Who's the founder of the Presbyterian Church? John Calvin, 16th century. Who is the founder of the Episcopalian Anglican Church? Henry VIII, 16th century. Who is the founder of the Methodist Church? John Wesley, 1700s. Who is the founder of the non-denominational church? Alexander Campbell, 19th century. Who is the founder of the Seventh-day Adventist church? Joseph Bates, 19th century. Who is the founder of the Jehovah Witness? Charles Taze Russell, 19th century. Who is the founder of the Mormon Church? Joseph Smith, 19th century. Who is the founder of the Catholic Church? So if we take Jesus at his word in Matthew 16, it's him. On you, Peter, I will found my church, not a church, not another church, my church. So Jesus is God, so Jesus is saying it's my church. I'm just telling you what he said. By the way, everything I just mentioned has zero to do with theology. Those are historical facts. All of those, most of those people, were at some point in Catholicism. 45,000. Here's the problem. So when there's no authority, what that means is if my pastor says something I disagree with, then I split and start my own church. Lord knows we have our problems to work on too. But my point is simply to say while we have a lot in common, as John Paul II said and Benedict XVI, we do have some things unique and one of the things we have unique is that, which is not something but someone. Amen? Okay. All right. So those of you, I'm 50 years old, and those of you that are 50 and above, raise your hand. Okay. Man, we got some old folks here. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So if you're, if you're 50 and above, let me ask you a question. If you got to choose, if you got to choose whether you're going to be 50 or above or 18 again, what would you choose? I can tell you I sure wouldn't be 18 again because while the body is a little tougher getting out of bed, am I right folks that are a little my age and older, the life lessons you now know, the good outweighs the bad, right? The good outweighs the bad. It'd be nice to have a little hair then, just saying, but the good outweighs the bad. It's the same way in the church if you pardon the analogy. In Catholicism, we have gone through different stages. We've gone through a toddler stage in the church. We've gone through a young adult stage. We've gone through a young married couple stage. We've gone through middle age in the church. We've gone through all that over the course of 2023 years. And one of the things we learned is, number one, that in spite of the sinners that are sometimes in the church, God is still guiding the church. By the way, that's all of us, including your pastor. So in spite of the people, God is somehow still guiding this thing. And maybe you've heard me say this before and I will say it again, here's what I want you to walk away with this morning. We are not Catholic because of the people in the church, and we are not Catholic because of the people who lead the Catholic Church. We are Catholic because Jesus Christ founded Catholic Church, and we either believe that or we don't. By the way, side note, when you go home today, ask your Alexa at home, Alexa, who founded the Catholic Church? You know what she's gonna say? Jesus Christ. Highest authority there, right? (laughs) True, it's a historical fact. So I'll close with this. As you know, On March 30th, 1981, our president was shot by John Hinckley. Who was that president? Reagan, Reagan. okay. Less than two months later, the pope was shot by a radical Muslim named Mehmet Ali Aja on May 13th, 1981, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Both the president and the pope one was Catholic, one was Protestant. They were both actors and both of them had a deep understanding of the poison of communism as they had lived it. So here we are, May 13th, 1981 in Rome and this, this, uh, this guy, Memet Aliaja, loads his Browning nine millimeter handgun. And he goes to St. Peter's Square and he, beca- he gets point blank range from the pope. He was a trained assassin. Point blank range from the pope and shot. Okay? And so later, that was in May 13, 1981, fast forward 26 years. On May 13, 2007, Mehmet Ali Yaja entered the Catholic faith and converted to Catholicism. The man who shot the pope became Catholic. In fact, two years before that, in 2005, he asked to attend the funeral mass of the man he shot. They said no, he spent almost 30 years in Rabibia prison, but he wanted to attend and they said why on earth Earth would you want to attend the, the funeral mass of the man you shot? He said I want to pray at his tomb. So we entered the Catholic faith, both Muslims and Catholics said, you had this vitriolic hatred of Catholicism. How on earth could you convert to the faith you hated? It's a good question actually. You know what he said? Mercy. The forgiveness that is found in Catholicism is not found anywhere else, he said. Meman Ali you remember, those of you that are old enough, do you remember when Pope John Paul II went to visit him in prison and forgave him? If you've never watched this, watch it on YouTube. So he goes to see Memon Aliaga, and he's leaning over hearing his confession and you know what Memon Aliaga says to John Paul II? <laughs> he asked him this question, this is what he said. He said, how are you still alive? He said, I know it was the shot. I'm a trained assassin. It was point blank range. How are you still alive? And Jean Paul smiled and looked at him and he said simply, one hand fired, another hand guided the bullet. And today that bullet is in the crown of Our Lady of Fatima in Fatima. There's a magnetic pull to Catholicism, it gets in our DNA. And there's nothing at all arrogant about saying that we have a treasure here. There's nothing at all arrogant about saying that there's something unique here. And there's nothing at all arrogant about saying that we have Jesus Christ here. Body, blood, soul, and divinity.